my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Studio 22. Welcome to Studio 22. I'm Bronco Hearn. I'm here with my co-host, Will Meldman, and we are sitting here with the legendary Brant Snedeker. How you doing, man? Doing great, man. Legendary is a little bit over, overused there, but uh, I appreciate oh, that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> extremely legendary. Let's keep bumping it up. <laughs> How you doing, man? Doing great, man. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, welcome to Nashville. Glad to have you here in town. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great spot, so I hope you all enjoy it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, and speaking of Nashville, you said you're a lifer, right? I am. I'm one of the few. You know, I feel like this has been a real transient town of recent. <laughs> a lot of people moving here, but I was born and raised here, and uh, I've seen it kind of explode through the years and, and really love living here. I'll live here the rest of my life. It's home for me. Went to school here. Great place to raise a family. Great place for what I do to travel out of. So I love it. Nice. Well, what, what do you think has been some of the biggest transitions since you've, in the last couple of years, especially? Yeah, it's been crazy. You know, we, like even where we're sitting right now, this, I mean, this is all cow pasture farmland, you know, not too long ago. We're talking like 10 years ago, you know, and then, you know, from where we are, I, I could have never imagined the growth of the town, especially this far south of what's happened. And, and it's been great. And for the most part, it's been all for the good. You know, it's, it's a great place, as I've said, great place to raise a family, great quality of life. Um, the people are moving here, kind of moving from big cities and realize, wow, man, I can, dollar goes a lot farther down here than it does mm-hmm. in New York City or LA or somewhere else. And quality of life's awesome. So um, it's just kind of exploded. You know, the, the biggest problem we have right now is just trying to kind of have the infrastructure keep up with it. Mm-hmm. You know, people here are great. We love having people visit. If you ever go come to downtown Nashville, you can't not have a good time. You know, people love having, we love having visitors come here and hang out and realize it's a huge generator of income for our city. So we want to make sure people have a great time. And so I think people kind of beat off that vibe. They love living here. They love visiting here. And um, just a great place to, to be. You know, you can't be here, as I said, and not have a great time. Well, this is uh, Will's first time. I've been, I've been actually quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this city. But do you have any, since you're, you know. Yeah. Local, original, uh, born and raised. 
uh, places that you recommend for me and Will? Maybe yeah, restaurants, you know, bars, whatever. It I is. got a crazy one. Yeah, you know, so all my stuff that I know is you know there's new restaurants every day here. So like you guys yeah. would probably find out better restaurants than I could tell you about <laughs> because they change all the time. You know, there's been so many new ones pop up, and if they're not good, they don't survive here. There's just so much in that food industry right now. It's just blowing and going. One of my favorite places to go, um, a great Italian place called Moto Downtown. Um, it's right around five different restaurants that are all in that same group. They do a great job. It's an Italian place, but it's got great food. It's a place me and my wife love to go when we go out. Um, something off the kind of beaten path, kind of out where I live, a little farther south down, it's a place called Loveless Cafe. Great place to go have breakfast. They turn an old motel into this restaurant. It's become famous in Nashville. You'll see people post pictures all the time in front of the Loveless Cafe um, uh, kind of sign out front. And it's a cool place to go have breakfast. It's kind of on your way into town from where we are here. And um, it's kind of an iconic venue here. You, you got to step by once and a half. They have made these homemade biscuits that are just phenomenal. It's not uh, great for the waistline, but they taste amazing. <laughs> they give you, and, and they're great. I've actually started sending them as gifts to people because they have these baskets you can send to people and have the biscuit. Wow. It's a great thing to send from wow. Nashville. So um, I'll actually send you guys some so you can have some back in LA. Let's there you go. go. <laughs> there we go. I'll eat them on my way to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. So when, uh, when did you first get into golf? Was it back in the beginning? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. My grandmother, actually, my maternal grandmother, my mom's grandmother got me started. She was a club manager in West Plains, Missouri, small town, Missouri. And uh, she just obsessed with golf. And so she came out on first set when I was seven years old. I go up there and spend a couple weeks with her every summer. And um, so she got me a set of golf clubs. I picked it up. I kind of loved it as a, as a young age. My brother kind of, yeah, I have an older brother who's five years older than me. Um, he, he bought her set or she bought him a set as well. And we kind of both loved it at an early age. We loved playing everything. We were, we were pretty good athletes and played everything, but we both just loved golf more than anything else. And, um, he ended up going on and playing college golf at Ole Miss, um, did really well, first team All-American, all that kind of stuff. And, and, um, just never really wanted to play professional golf and that's all I ever really wanted to do. And so, um, luckily enough, I've kind of followed that path for the rest of my college career and played at Vanderbilt in Nashville and, um, had some success in college and turned pro and, and just kind of, kind of every rung I hit, I kind of kept, have, have, kept having success. I had success on the nationwide tour then. Now it's a corn ferry tour, kind of the developmental tour for the PJ tour. And you know, I was out there for two years and got my card and kind of look, never looked, looked back. And so, yeah, I'm one of those few people in life who get to do what they love for a living. You know, I, mean, I wake up loving golf. I go to bed loving golf. I'm a golf junkie. I love it. And so, um, I'm trying to avoid working as long as possible, <laughs> you know, because what I do is not work. I get to go have fun every day and play golf and try to find out this crazy game I love so much. Now you know why uh, me and Will are sitting here talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it, man. I think yeah. everybody's got to chase their dreams and do something that makes them happy, you know? Absolutely, yeah. I'm a big fan. I know me, me and Will also, you know, it's uh, follow your passions, you know? And yeah. it feels like you never have to work a day in your life. Exactly. Yeah, it really is that. And it's, you don't wake up tired or dreading going to work or, you know, like you're having a terrible, like, I love not going in an office, you know, some people that's their bread and butter, you know, that's what they, and it's awesome. But for me, I just can't, I can't do it, you know, so being able to do things like this, creative, fun, hang out with cool people, you know, talented people, uh, have great conversation. There's nothing, nothing better, you know, a lot I of fun. Could, couldn't agree more. You know, I feel like the, everybody's put here for a reason. They have some kind of passion that drives them and it's not always going to be easy. You know, there's gonna be a lot of obstacles in your way. There's gonna be a lot of kind of, unfortunately, you're, you're gonna have to deal with failure a lot, you know, and so yeah. how you handle that and how you get through that and, know that your passion will push you through it. If you work hard enough, nobody's going to stop you from doing it, you know? And so, uh, you know, I try to instill that in my kids all the time. It's like, you know, one thing in golf that I've learned is 
man, I fail a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I've won nine times, but I've probably lost 350 times since I played on tour, you know? So uh, I'm used to dealing with failure. And so either failure can, can kind of crush you a little bit and kind of take away what you love or it can push you to be better and, and realize it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I think failure is a good thing. Everybody's going to fail. And so how you handle that and how you kind of can you use it for good. Can you make yourself better from it and learn from it and kind of not, not make the same mistake again and kind of keep getting better as a person and as a profession. And then, um, hopefully that will help you along in your life and help you along to deal with things that aren't going to go right. Like there's always, you know, my favorite thing I've ever heard was, um, and these astronauts that they train in NASA and NASA's down the road in Huntsville, they tell them all, Hey, just work the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, work the problem, find a solution. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't worry about what happened to get you into this problem. Work the problem and find a solution. So that's try try to sell my kids and you know, all the time, like, listen, you got a problem, work it. Let's find a solution. I don't care how you have the problem. It's over. It's here. You got a problem now. Let's work with the problem, figure out a solution. Yeah. That's what, that. I have a quote that I absolutely love. It's, uh, you know, failure is never truly failure if you learn something from, from yeah. it. Or it's uh, another one is um, failure is only the opportunity to more intelligently begin again. Mm-hmm. So now you know what not to do. Yeah, exactly. Go do something else. And if that fails, it's all good. You know, keep mm-hmm. on going and going and going until you figure it out. And when you figure it out, perfect it. You know, keep, keep going, you know. A thousand percent correct. Yeah. yeah. So how... You know, you mentioned making that jump from college to pro. Mm-hmm. Were, were there any specific habits or changes in routine that you can remember that were? For sure, yeah. I remember playing my junior I had a good first couple of years in college. And uh, going into my junior year, you would always have kind of an entry meeting with the coach, kind of go over your goals for the year. You always have an exit meeting, you know? And so the entry meeting my junior year, my coach sat me down and goes, you know, what's your goals? I'm like, oh, I want to be a first-team All-American. I want to win all this stuff. And it's like, I want to go and be on the PGA Tour. And he's like, Brian, that's great. Because I think you have the talent to do it. He was like, but you you do not work, train like a first female American, like a PG Tour player. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting by on talent right now alone. Like, you've got to put in the time and the effort. And he kind of hit me in the face, you know. I was like, wait a second, I'm your best player for the first two years. Like, you're telling me I don't work hard enough? You're, even like, you're questioning, like, I'm, I've carried the team, you know. And he was like, I'm just telling you what I've seen. And, and, and you know, I'm being brutally honest with you. I think you have the ability to do it, but you've, you've got to put the work in. And it kind of hit me like a slap in the face that I was like, hey, you know, I'm here hanging out with all these, my buddies in college, right? And they're, most of my buddies in college weren't at, uh, other athletes. So they're training to be whatever it is in the finance world and healthcare world or whatever it is that they're going to class and they're going home and they're getting their work done and then go have fun and do whatever. Well, I was going to class, doing my work and then go to practice and I go have fun with them at night. I'm like, wait a second, man, I'm not training for golf. I'm just going to practice and I'm done. So I have to really got to focus on, okay, well, how do I practice do the extra little bit that I need to do to be mm. in the gym, to work extra, you know, after I get done practicing, go practice on my own or do whatever I have to do. And so kind of my junior and senior year, I really put a ton of time in, kind of stopped partying as much as I was my first mm-hmm. years, like everybody did in college. And yeah. um, kind of really try to focus on my career after that. Realize I, I have a short window here to really, you know, I've got a gift and I love it. So let's, let's really push and see how far we can go. And so um, that really kind of changed. I played great my junior and senior year. I got to play in the Masters at an amateur because I won a big uh, called the U.S. Public Links um, in 2003. So that was kind of my first real test to see, okay, can I play with these guys in the PGA Tour? These guys, am I am I good enough? I'm not good enough. And um, totally nerve wracking experience, but I was able to make the cut as an amateur. Um, me and another guy, I mean, Casey Whitmer, both made it, but I made the cut and played the weekend. And I was like, I mean, I beat a lot of good pros this week, so I, I can hang. Now let's just go turn professional and do it. Yeah, those moments for confidence building just must be so monumental. Like, yeah, it's huge. You know, you walk in there going, I mean, I remember mm-hmm. teeing up on the first tee, and I was so nervous. I was playing with Dave, David Toms and Fred Couples. 
Oh, yeah. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And um, in the first tee, and I hit this ball so far right. I was so nervous. Like, literally thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to re-tee in the first tee of Augusta National. Like, I'm going to have to hit a provisional here. This is not good. This is not going to go well. <laughs> and uh, I was four over through six, six holes. I'm, Man, I'm going to shoot 100. I'm going to shoot 90 in the match. This is embarrassing, you know? And Fred Couples kind of pulled me aside. He goes, listen, man. He goes, we've all been there. Like, if you haven't, I just four-putted a green. He goes, if you haven't four-putted a green at Augusta National, the Masters, you never played in the Masters. Mm-hmm. We've all done it. You know, mm-hmm. so just relax and have fun. And it kind of put me at ease. You know, really, and the rest of the day, I played great. I ended up shooting one over par, wow. made some birdies on the back nine. And, um, you know, I still give Freddie, you know, a lot of credit to this day for doing that. He didn't have to do that. And it's so nice of him to do it in the moment. I mean, he saw me struggling over there. And um, that's why I still love him. We're still, we've gotten super close over the years. And <clears throat> I always think that so highly of him because of that. But, you know, you need those moments of saying, okay, gut check time. Can I do it? Can I not do it? And, you know, I kind of played great the next day, too, made the cut. And so once I did that, I was like, okay, I can do it. Now I've got to put the you – know, I'm not ready. You know, there's a lot of guys who are ready to jump on the PGA Tour. I was not ready. I needed to learn how to practice, learn how to travel, learn how to be a professional golfer before I got out there. But it was a great moment where I know, okay, my good, it's good enough. Now i got to figure out all the other stuff. That's great. Were there, were there yeah. any major uh, obstacles or failures that you, you tried to figure out Absolutely, growing up? Yeah. yeah, tons of failures. You know, uh, my first year um, on the on the nationwide tour, I ended up finishing like fifty fifth, I think, on the money list, which was okay, but not great. Not where I wanted to be. And um, you know, I had some chances to win golf tournaments, and I just couldn't get over the hump. Couldn't figure it out for some reason. I had some bad Sundays, and um, so my second year on tour on the nationwide tour it's kind of a make or break year for me i went and saw a new swing coach kind of helped me kind of understand my golf swing a little bit and got a ton of confidence from it was able to win um in a playoff for my first win as a professional uh, up in minnesota and that was kind of like a 
an aha moment for me. I was, okay, I can do this. You know, I, I, I'm eagle the last hole to get in the playoff, and I went birdie birdie in the playoff to win the playoff. And um, I was okay, I, I can handle pressure. I just did it. Like that's as much pressure I've ever seen in my life. I can handle yeah. it. And then just kind of spring, but you know, I just kind of really jumped off the deep end from there and really wanted it, was able to win again and go on tour and won my rookie year and just kind of kept springboarding um, positively. And there was a bunch of pitfalls. I mean, I remember a four putted a green, the last green at um, my second year on tour, uh, four putted a green and BMW championship playing with Tiger the last round. Uh, if I two putt, I go to the tour championship, get all this stuff and I four putt and missed two. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a terrible, like I wanted to crawl into a hole and um, you know, I remember flying home, my wife, my wife and I were flying together, and I was like, I was unconsolable. I was like, I cannot believe I just did that. It was so embarrassing in front of everybody, you know. I was like, I'm better than that. And, you know, it was just a terrible moment for me. And um, she was like, listen, this is what you do. You've always done this. This is no different. Like, you, you always come back. You, you always find a way to get better. You always find use this for motivation. So next time you're you're worried about, your, your, you know, like, use motivation. You know, if you're ever question about going to go, go practice or hit a few more walls, remember this moment and, Next time you get in a situation, you'll be better for it, you know. And it's kind of a moment, like, okay, I can handle it. She's right, you know. I need to need to have this kind of. You're going to have to have those moments in your life. Nobody ever is successful all the time. You're going to fall on your face several times before you actually succeed, and uh, it makes you better in the long run. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. What was it like when you first turned pro and you realized that was uh, the future? For yeah, you? It, was, it was different. You know, people don't realize. You know, they see us play Thursday through Sunday on TV and think it's all awesome and glamorous and. I don't see the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday stuff, you know, and I didn't really know what that entailed like. And so you can make a lot of bad decisions on Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, right? You can do a lot of dumb stuff and um, you, got a lot of, you got a lot of downtime. I mean, you can do whatever, you know? And so I think the hardest thing people understand is how to travel, how to take care of yourself when you, when you turn pro because, you know, you get done Sunday night and you don't have really any obligations until Wednesday of the next week. So you have mm-hmm. two days to do whatever. You know, you can set your own schedule. Like you come from college golf where you have a coach telling you what you're going to do. So being a professional golfer, like, I, mean, I have all this free time, I'm making some good money, I can do whatever I want to do. You know, if I want to go to Vegas for a day and hang out with my buddies, I can go do that, you know? Okay. And so it's hard when you're a young kid trying to figure that out, saying, okay, well, how do I practice on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to get ready for Thursday? How do I handle my workload? You know, I think most young players overwork themselves on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They'll stay all day on the golf course practicing because they see that that's how I get better, right? Spend all this time out here to do this, and then come Friday, Saturday, you're exhausted because you've been on the golf course all day, every day. And so finding that balance of saying, hey, okay, I need, I need to work and practice, but I got to do it smartly. I got to learn how to take care of my body. I learn how to get in the gym and do recovery stuff and be ready to go f- come Thursday morning. So I'm fresh. I feel like I'm prepared, but I'm not overworked where Sunday I'm just going to run out of steam. And, be, and the mental fatigue is a huge thing. People don't talk about enough, I think, on tour is the, the mentality of, you know, the, 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 the edge is so thin between playing good golf and bad mm. golf. Bounce here, bounce there, putt lips in, putt lips out. And so it wears on you. You know, you're constantly having to stay on it. And so the hardest thing I think most guys will talk about, like the physical stuff we can handle, we're used to it. It's the mental stuff where you get fatigued, where like little things set you off or, you know, you can't handle bad breaks, you can't handle whatever, and it just kind of wears on your psyche. And you start getting negative and start going down this road where you're, you're waiting for something bad to happen versus waiting for something good to happen, you know? And when you're mentally prepared and you're, ex- you're excited to be there, like nothing really throws you off. Like no matter what happens, you know, you're like, okay, I'm good. I got it. I'm playing good. It'll be fine. And when things aren't going good and you're mentally fried, you're like, man, I can't, 
like it's just, I know it's going to happen. Something bad's yeah. going to happen. I can feel it coming. You know? yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's just yeah. tough. It's tough to balance that. Yeah. Constantly trying to manifest like positivity. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I like the, the Monday through Wednesday stuff too, because it's like, what do you do when no one's looking? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And it's tough. Like, I mean, you know, you're tr- most of these kids that turn pro are young. They're 22, 23, 24. Like, you see their other buddies hanging, having fun, doing the stuff. Like, well, why, why can't I? You know, yeah. like, well, why, you know, and then I get it. Totally. Like you're exposed to this lifestyle and seeing, all these cool cities you go to and like want to go out and have great restaurants and go, you know, see buddies that you, you know, have graduated, moved on somewhere else, or whatever it is. It's tough to be able to say, Hey man, I'm working. Like I, this is my job. I got to be here to, I got to be in bed at eight 30 and get some rest and get up at six and go practice and play and be ready to go. So it's just a different thing. You know, they don't have to, they don't have to show up and be you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, right, it's yeah. like I, real quick, I was working on Ray Donovan as a production assistant and, you know, I'd get home you know, basically Saturday at 3 a.m. because like Friday night extended and I'd only have like about 24 to 30 hours of like actual weekend. Yeah. And I would just go out in the beginning. I would like go out and party because like my friends are doing that. I was like 24. And it wasn't until I realized like, no, you need those hours (laughs) for sleep so you can wake up at 3, 4 a.m. on Monday, every Monday. And it's like kind of a similar situation. For sure. It's just like, Okay, deep breath. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I mean, yeah. you, you, you always equate yourself to your peers and what they're doing, what's going on. And, you know, it's really hard to be, the, I always say, like the, the four horse in the fifth race, right? Have those blinders on saying, this is what I'm doing, all right? Yeah. I don't need to look what the other horses are doing, whatever else is doing. Like, this is but this is what I really want. I can tell you what I really want. It's what I have to do to do it. Yep. And so um, that's the hardest thing, I think, is, is being able to have that mentality at a young age and say, okay, this is what I want to do. How I'm going to do it. This is what it's going to take. You know, that's why I'm always impressed when I see these young kids that come on tour now that are so successful early is they have that ability. Um, it was for me, it was a learned trait. I wasn't necessarily, I mean, I was driven and had all that stuff. It just took me a while to understand me and how to do it. Um, these guys now are way more prepared than I was. Yeah. But that's because guys like you paving the way. Yeah, and, and, you know, that, yeah. it, it's fun to watch, you know, these young kids come out and, and how prepared they are. And I think just golf's changed in general since I came out. Um, but, you know, it just, it took me longer. Some guys have it at a young age and some guys, you know, Jordan Spieth's a great example. Jordan's had this, four, in Kyle Morikawa, they've had this 40-year-old mentality their whole life. It's unbelievable to watch them, like how mature they are and how great they are about what they do. And um, for me, it was it was more of a learn process of, you know, when I was 25, 26, then I was ready to be that mature guy. Um, not so much at 22, 23. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you had fun along the way. That's right, right exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, so I was, you know, reading and heard, um, that you do a lot of work with junior golf. I do, yeah. Yeah, so like uh, I grew up playing, it was called the Vince Gill Junior Golf Tour here in Tennessee. We have a great junior golf program um, here in Tennessee. And so I grew up playing on this tour when I was a kid. And was, you know, I never really played any national events. I played a bunch of local state stuff. And um, so it was a great place for me to learn how to play golf. I got to meet a bunch of great friends that way. It was really accessible, easy for us to travel. I didn't have to travel very far to play these great golf, tar- golf courses against great fields and kind of get, prepared for for college golf and there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you know, when I turned pro and had some success, you know, the tour kind of had, had gone through a lull a little bit where they were struggling. And um, I was like, it's a perfect opportunity for me to get back. You know, this tour is a huge part of who I was as a golfer and a huge part of it made me who I am. So, um, right after I went to this cup in 2012, we kind of seemed like a perfect opportunity to do it. And, um, so starting in 2014, I think it was our first year <clears throat> we started, it's called the Sneds tour now. And, um, oh, wow. and so we, That's we cool. took out the sponsorship of it. It was struggling financially. And so we were able to kind of write the ship and find some sponsors and, you know, cover the cost of what was going on. And our biggest thing when we took it over was, listen, I, I wanted it to be a first class run tournament or tour and B, I want to make sure that these kids are not paying like paying as minimal, as much money, as, as little money as possible to right. play. Like we don't care. I don't care about making money. I don't care if we lose money for a year, but these kids are not going to incur the costs. Yeah. You know, I want them to have access to it and be as cheap as possible. And so luckily since we've started, this is our, yes, yeah, it's going on our seventh or eighth year. I can't re- exactly remember, you know, the, actually the cost of entry and everything has gone down in the seven years we've done it. So uh-huh. we've been able to raise enough money to be able to kind of start offsetting the costs. I and mean, when, when I started, we had 400 kids on the tour. We had about, 60 tournaments that played 60 75 somewhere in there now we have 2200 kids playing this year no way and we got over 200 tournaments that's wow so, so, case Tennessee. Wow. so it's crazy you know and my so my son plays on it he's nine um but it, you know we, we've expanded from four years old all the way up to 18 from beginners to elite players it doesn't matter like we want people playing golf i don't care if you've never played before if you come do like a one-day little clinic and then all of a sudden you can go play a tournament and your dad can caddy six holes for you and you hit 12, pick it up and go to the next hole and just get the experience of playing golf with, a, you know, playing in a tournament and having fun and, and just getting out there. And it's been great for me to see, you know, um, my son grow up through it. But more importantly, I love going out there. We played a father-son tournament last weekend mm-hmm. and um, seeing the kids and their dads or, or the kids and their moms playing together was so cool, seeing how excited they got and doing high fives and, you know, having the kids – tell the parents how bad they were at golf is awesome you know <laughs> like role reversal you know having kids you know, oh can i believe you hit that shot dad you know and, uh, it was fun it was so much fun to see that and that's what i do i love seeing these kids have a chance to play golf you know it's been so good game's been so good to me and and it's blessed me in so many different ways i love just i don't care if these kids never play professional golf or really never they've been exposed to at a young age it's a great life lesson to have to be able to play golf because there's so many good things that can come from it and have the access to it is the most important thing. So we've done a ton with it. I love it. Um, it's a huge passion of mine. And um, luckily with the Tennessee Golf Foundation, who kind of is it runs it for us and leads the charge, is a fantastic organization. They do a ton of good work here in Tennessee. And Whit Turnbow is the guy that kind of runs it. Is the 
is the president of it, and a guy named Rob Cherry runs our SNETS tour, um, does a phenomenal job. And these guys work their tail off. I mean, I can imagine the amount of logistics stuff they have to do with 200 events and interns running these events and making sure they have enough everything going into it. It's just crazy. So um, we're lucky, very lucky to have them running it. But I, I love it. It's, it's a big passion of mine. And I love seeing kids out there playing golf. It's fun to see, you know, the next generation out there playing at a young age. Yeah, congrats on that. I mean, that's so many so many lives affected by that. It's so positive and amazing. Yeah, it's just like, you know, I've been fortunate. I grew up playing on them. Like, man, try to make it better. You know, just try to do something, leave something where these kids have access to something that maybe we didn't have as much of. And hopefully those kids go on to either play professional golf if they want to or college golf, or if they don't and it goes into business, at least they learn some great life lessons along the way of how to keep a score, of how to deal with failure, of how to deal with success of how to, you know, learn how to be in a group and shake a kid's hand, say, hello, this is my name and yeah. keep your score and do it honestly. And right at the end, you know, like these call penalty on yourself every once in a while, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's great for kids to learn that at a young age. Yeah. That's actually what I, it sparked me thinking. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what was the greatest uh, lesson you say you've learned from the game of golf that you applied to your, your life? Yeah. You know, a couple things. I think, I think great golf's great because a, it exposes you to, um, I can learn more about somebody around a golf than I can ever spend in mm. a board meeting with them or get talking on the phone with them, you know, in four hours. You know, I've been fortunate to play with a lot of very successful people. I can tell if these are good people or if they have, if we, if we jive or if we're going to be okay or if this guy's, man, I don't want to have anything to do with this guy. Yeah. This is a bad guy, you know. <laughs> I don't want to be around him, you know. It's amazing how a golf course can do that, you know. And so I think these life as I've learned is, 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 you know, in a golf course, you learn how to treat people. You learn how to interact with Daddies, you learn how to interact with other people. You learn yeah. how to re, uh, have a conversation, you know, back and forth. And, you know, it's getting lost in this world as we go forward. You know, I feel like everything's going to over text now or social media or whatever it may be, where it's like you, you need to have an interpersonal conversation with somebody. Like, read, read facial cues, read eye cues. Like, man, I should stop talking now. Or maybe I should, like, this is low and I need to start talking or mm-hmm. something, you know? And you kind of read somebody that way and, and, and get to understand somebody's true personality. And I feel like, Game of golf is a great vehicle to do that, and it's, it's served me very, very, very well. I mean, it's my best friends in life through the game of golf, um, and I feel like that's something that game of golf is very good about. I feel like you can learn a lot about somebody in a really short period of time. And that's why it's been a favorite, you know, favorite of every businessman I've ever been around. So I love playing golf with people who are getting ready to interview for a job or or doing a merger and acquisition. And they play golf with them, so I can kind of figure out what I need to know in four hours. Versus, you know, you're only get a cherry picked, you know, in a board meeting, you might only get thirty minutes with them, you know, and, and yeah. try to pick through somebody's lot more accessible in a four-hour round of golf so that's why i love it and i think you learn a lot about people about the individuals they are and um it teaches a lot of great values yeah i hope uh you don't see my golf swing inside <laughs> you don't want to hang out with me <laughs> no, it's, you know it's funny about it. i tell people all the time no matter what i play in all proms every wednesday right so i've played in thousand a thousand over my career like no matter what you do you're never gonna impress me you know i've seen tiger woods at his best so i don't care how good you think you are i've seen better you know and no matter what you do i guarantee you i've seen worse so you as long as you have a good time and enjoy golf i don't care how good or bad you are or how good or bad you think you are i guarantee you i've seen better and worse so it'll be okay all right my uh, challenge accepted <laughs> my grandfather told me we were playing golf i think i was like nine years old mm-hmm. like just speaking to everything you're saying about lessons and all that yeah he's like golf is an incredible business tool and like to meet people and connect with people as and he's like you don't even have to be good as mm. long as you fix your divots are polite and like do all the right things yeah. and be like that's what people will judge you on not your ability correct so like percent. completely it's like i wish my grandfather was, <laughs> was like in this room because i could tell him i'll text him after but 
Um, but yeah, it's just like crazy to see that come full circle. It's, it's the truth though. I mean, I've played with people who are terrible at golf, but they have a great time and do, you know, they just want to be out there and have a good time and treat people the right way. And because what golf's about, you know, it's not about being great at golf. It's about having fun while you're, and as long as you're having fun doing it, that's great. That's what I want. You know, so I think what every professional golfer wants is for people to be playing the game of golf and having fun doing it. Whether you're great or not, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's a great way to spend time as a family together. It's a great way to spend time, um, in business together. It's a great, great way to spend time with your kids. It's just a great avenue to have a lot of fun and get to know people on a way more personal level than you ever would do anything else. For sure. Yeah, it's great. It's like, how would you treat the waiter versus, you know, you get Correct. a whole bigger dose of it being on the golf course, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially, yeah. I mean, I always want to try to treat everybody the same, right? You, you don't want to treat anybody differently because of who they are, what's going on. So you always see it, how they treat the caddies or how they treat the cart guys or how they treat the bartender behind the bar, whoever it is, you know, and you get a real sense of a person really quickly through their interactions with those kind of people. And golf course presents those opportunities a ton. And so it's a great way to kind of judge character, I think. Yeah, I think uh, I always try to bring light to this whenever I can, but it's you never know what somebody's going through, what their battle is, and everyone's going through something. So try to treat people better uh, or leave them better than how you found them, right? Or just try to people with kindness because you have no idea what someone's going through. Exactly. I mean, everybody's, everybody's got something going on. I don't care how blessed yeah. they are or how yeah. unlucky they've been. You know, my, my mom grew up, she owned a pawn shop. My mom worked in a pawn, owned a pawn shop when I was growing up. So we'd work out there on the weekends and after school and that kind of stuff. And you see people who are going through some of the worst luck I've ever seen imaginable, you know, mechanics or people who are in between jobs who are pawning the wedding ring to be able to pay the bills so their kids can go to school or be able to put heat on the house so the kids aren't freezing. And, you know, you're watching these people do all this stuff. And I remember my brother and I were making fun of somebody who in there hadn't showered. It smelled awful, right? Had a terrible BO. And we were, you know, these kids who were privileged, you know, whatever. My parents did, did a great job. But my dad pulls us aside and was, I've never seen this pissed in my life. And it was like, hey, you guys think you're better than this guy because you're taking a shower? It's like, this guy's working his tail off trying to put his kids, you know, working his tail off trying to put food on the table, eat his house, take care of his kids. He's coming here pulling his wedding ring to be able to pay for the bills this month. Because you guys are one bad decision away from being way worse than this guy is. So you guys are very lucky to live life you live. Yeah. This guy's just doing everything he can to make his life better. You're not better than this guy is. So make sure you understand that. Wow. And it stuck with me. I was like, oh my gosh, he's right. Like, we're not any yeah. better than this guy. Is. We're just lucky because my dad was successful and um, my mom was a great mom. But the guy was doing everything he possibly could to make his life better for his kids. And so yeah. it just stuck with me. So I try to, my brother and I both try to live that life, you know, for, for ourselves going forward and for our kids and make sure they understand how blessed they are, but also how fortunate we are to live the way we live and try to understand people who are not that lucky. You know, people yeah. have to have been dealt a terrible hand through no fault of their own. They're just doing the best they can. And, um, try to help those people out as much as you can. Yeah. I've I've always kind of looked at it that way as well when I have conversations with people or uh, have people attack me or say things negatively or whatever it is. Yeah. It's it's instead of me being aggressive back towards them, it's it's having the understanding that, okay, that person I believe is doing the best they can with what they know. And whether that's not being able to communicate how they truly feel or uh, dealing with things or they're going through something and they're just reacting in a certain way, but they're taking it out on someone else. It's like, I, I just have to understand, like, I don't know what that person's going through. But me doing it back to them is not going to make it, you know, hate doesn't yeah. solve hate. You know, yeah, you need, you need love, true. you need kindness, you need, you know, to be that. And it just changes the entire, uh, you know, energy. It changes the way that we show up in the world. And, you know, it takes a situation of like, you know, road rage that could potentially turn fatal to, yeah. oh, it's all good. You know, like uh, things happen, you know, we can replace this table. We can replace, you know, material things. What matters is, is this, you know, and each other. And without that, you know, what are we doing? Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. It's, and sometimes it's tough, right? You get in a situation where you're like, I know he's having a bad day, man. That's, 
are you doing? You know, and yeah, yeah. at the same time, yeah. Like, how do I de-escalate the situation? Absolutely. Like, like how do I not, uh, yeah. you know, how do I not fall in the same trap this person is falling into? I mean, and try, you know, in, in the professional golf, you're going to get attacked all the time, and, and um, uh, because you don't play well, people get mad because they bet on you, and you didn't play good, <laughs> or, or whatever it is. You know, they tell you, you stink, or you know, whatever it is. And I'm always like, listen, man, I get it, understand. Like, I'm not playing great. It's part of it. You know, I'm sorry. Like. So I'll buy you beer after the round if you want to, man. You can tell me what's going on, you know? So I'm like, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not trying to, you know, literally I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm just trying to play golf here, man. We're not yeah. solving, I'm not curing cancer or anything. I'm just playing yeah. golf. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, it's just, uh, but, you know, I think that outlook on life is great. I think that having the ability to understand where somebody's coming from or understand they might have the best day and showing them grace, you know, something we try yeah. to t- teach our kids, all my kids all the time is like, Empathy, I think, is the most important quality to have in human beings. Have empathy for somebody else, to be able to understand where they're coming from, what's going on, and not judge them for it, and try to understand that, hey, man, there's a the reaction. To this is probably because of something's going on in their lives. We don't understand it, you know. So to show them grace and to show them empathy and show them love and caring can go a long way to kind of making them feel like, oh, somebody does care about me, man. Maybe yeah, it's yeah. something going on in their life they didn't know. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, one of my one of my favorite like kind of Buddhist saying is holding on to anger is like swallowing poison and expecting somebody else to get sick. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're angry because of something external when in reality that anger is just poisoning you. Right? Yeah. So it's like. Relieve, release your attachment to it and you're free of the, you know. Yeah. yeah For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Wild. You got any, uh, any, anything coming up? Any games? Any tour? Yeah. So I got, uh, I got this week off. Then I am playing three weeks in a row. So I go play in, um, Let's see. First week is in Colonial down in Fort Worth, and then I'll play at Memorial up in Ohio, and then um, RBC Canadian Open up in Toronto. So I got three weeks in a row on the road. Um, I got the I'm home with the kids this week, which is great. So I got eleven year old, nine year old, eleven year old little girl, nine year old little boy. So um, I'm kind of an absentee dad for half the year. So when I'm mm-hmm. home, I try to be home, which is nice, and um, go to all their stuff and pick them up from school, take them to school, and all that kind of stuff. So they're a fun age right now. They want to be around me. They're not too cool for me yet. Um, <laughs> They think I'm okay sometimes, you know. It's getting to that stage now where it's, I can kind of see it's, it's going the other way here for too long. But um, I'm trying to enjoy this little cool period where we have right now. And so uh, hopefully they uh, don't. I know my little girl will never never leave me. She's 11. Yeah, I got no chance. She's wrapping she's wrapping around her finger. But my little boy can kind of hang in there with me for a little while longer before he goes the other way. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Did, did uh, either of your kids, I know you said your, your son golfs, yeah. um, do they naturally gravitate to that very easily with just because of no, watching you? No, not or? really. You know, it's funny. My son, he, he's, he's okay. He's actually pretty good at it, um, but he doesn't really love it. He loves basketball. You know, he loves playing basketball. He'll play basketball every afternoon. If I go, try to get him to go to the range and golf ball, he's like, ah, I don't want to do that, Dad. I'm like, okay, I got you, man. Do what you want to do. Go play, go play basketball. <laughs> so he loves basketball. He loves baseball. He's in baseball right now. He plays kind of any sports, and he's a big reader. He loves reading books. and so That's cool. Um, totally out of left field. I don't know where he got that from. Didn't get it from, <laughs> didn't get it from mom, but he's a big reader, and so it's funny. And then got my, that forty-year-old mentality. Yeah, right I guess. I don't know. I don't know where he, he's way smarter than I am, and yeah. that's, it's not saying much. But it, it, <laughs> it, 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 I definitely can't help him with his homework already. So it's gonna be a long, it's gonna be a long few years for me. And then um, a little girl's in a horse. She loves horseback riding. It's, it's her passion. Like, that's great. I see. I see it. You know, like the way I feel about golf, she feels about horses. And so, you know, I can. I think it's great because it gives her something that she loves that she'll go do, and she'll spend all day at the barn taking care of a horse or cleaning out stalls or doing that kind of instilling a work ethic. I'm like, great, do it. Love it. I love the fact you love something like that. And so um, it's fun to see her passion come through that. 
That's cool. I, I love horses as well. I, I, I love to ride, do pack trips, stuff like that. Yeah. But when I was younger, I remember taking some lessons and I was one of the only boys in the, you know, my mom rode, my sister rode. I was the only boys. And I think I was two weeks in and I, uh, we galloped a little wrong and it, uh, it didn't feel too good. And I felt a little <laughs> sick and I didn't really love riding horses yeah, after that. Like, so I kind of, <laughs> so it, it took off with you on it. No, I just uh, hit hit the jewels and yeah. uh, didn't feel too good after that. I kind of yeah. slowed down my ride, <laughs> but uh, but it's horses amazing. are great. Horses yeah. are great. I mean, they, they can really sense empathy. fear and empathy. I mean, they, they can totally tell how they can read your person, your personality so well. Absolutely. And so I, I have this thing that like I feel like every horse hates me with a passion. <laughs> I'm so scared of them. You know, I mean, they're, yeah. they're a massive animal. You know, and if they have a bad day, it's not going to end well for me. And uh, but my daughter's just got this great personality. She loves it and can see like just bonds with every horse she meets and they all love her and she just hops on no problem at all. And now I get near one. I feel like he's going to kick me in the face or <laughs> bite my hand or something, you know? So it's just funny. Yeah. They're uh, yeah. They, they say that they're uh, pure empathy. So they feel everything. Right. Um, I've got a couple of friends, same kind of thing where, you know, I've gotten comfortable with courses over the yeah. years, uh, but we'll go riding. We'll do a pack trip, something like that. And my, I remember my one buddy, Aaron was, we were riding and his, uh, he was on a mayor that was a, just real feisty, you know, like, and they are prey animals, right? So you got to show them who the alpha yeah. is and the whole deal. But um, he was scared out of his mind. And so his horse kept like running in circles <laughs> and like kicked my horse. And it was oh, like, gosh. I was like, we're going to have some real problems here. <laughs> but, you have to get this under control, man. Exactly. <laughs> so, so about after an hour, maybe two hours into riding, uh, he got his confidence in and, and then everything was smooth after that. But it was so funny to see that, or crazy actually, to see the transition between the scared or, you know, worried version versus like, oh, I'm confident I got this, you know? Yeah, and the, so it, it totally takes time. And it does. You know, I haven't ridden a bunch of horses and a couple of times I have done it. Just I've done it because my daughter makes me do it. Yeah. And I've been like, oh my gosh, this is going to end so bad. It's, it's bad. <laughs> I can totally feel the horse feeling my fear. I'm like, okay, I got I to turn this around somehow, you know? Yeah, yeah. They got a lot of power, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. How uh, how do you feel about the Troubadour Club? Oh, man. It, you know, it's funny. I, um, Mike Melman called me when he was thinking about doing this. And Who? he said, uh, some guy. <laughs> know, some guy. Just and uh, he was like, uh, I really love to have you involved you know, come out here and check it out and see what you think. And I, I was like, Mike, anything you do, I'm in. I mean, everything you do is first rate. And if it's going to be in Nashville, I'll, I want to be a part of it. And so one of the founding members here, and it's just been an unbelievable thing to watch this place grow and change from, you know, five years ago, I think when they started or four years ago when they started it to now, it's been crazy, you know, and uh, I think COVID kind of brought this great energy into the club. Not that anything, you know, obviously COVID's not a good thing and it's terrible we're having to go through this, but I think it also, there's been some good things that have come out of COVID and, and, you know, a place like this has been one of those positive things. A lot of families have moved here. They love the sense of the club, what, what it does for them. It creates this great family atmosphere where you bring your kids out here and play and kids love, my kids love coming out here and um, it's just a great place to kind of be there as a family and spend time together. And you're kind of out here playing golf or fishing or hanging out in the, in the outdoor pursuits area and my kids love coming out here. My wife loves coming out here. And, um, yeah, for me, for golf, it's great. You know, the facility is phenomenal and, um, it's a great place to come and kind of hang out and relax. And I get, I get to work. My kids get to have fun and all in all, we have a great time together. So it's been, it's been a huge blessing in our lives. We love the fact it's done so well and can only see it get better from here. I love hearing that and appreciate that. And, you know, my first time here, it's incredible. So I'm very excited to like they get see more of it. And, come on. Oh yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Once we get time out of the studio. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. We're having a lot of fun in the studio too. So it's been a great, uh, it's going to be a great transition to get out there and go, go have some other fun, you know? Yeah. Of course. Would you say, um, that the, I'm, I'm sure you've seen a lot of golf courses, a lot mm -hmm. of golf, uh, um, 
developments. Yeah. Do you say it differs from any other ones? Or? Well, I, just feel, I feel like Discovery does such a great job and everything they do. It's, it's different from you know, most other facilities you go to because of the family atmosphere and the ability, the, the welcomingness of it where there's no – kids can show up in a bathing suit and no shirt on from the pool and go play golf. And you're like, this is great. And it's so convenient to be able to have this – at you know, have your kids feel like they're welcomed everywhere they go and not have to worry about, you know, making sure you're, everybody's dressed properly and – and find it, you know, whatever it might be. We're here. It's like, just go. We want you out here. We don't care what you look like. We don't care how you do it. We want you to come have fun all day long. You know, and that's what my kids love about it. You know, they come out here and dress in flip-flops and t-shirt and play golf. And like, this is awesome. This is the way it's supposed to be, you know. And I think that's great for um, families, you know. You have that ability to do that. And, um, you know, I've been to a lot of great golf courses over the years and great places to be around. I haven't, you know, Discovery is discovered something here there's a reason why i call discovery in my opinion they've discovered this 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 great out this great avenue of bringing families closer together of, of you having these great properties where you can go and um really kind of bond i think spend more quality time as a family because there's a lot of stuff for you guys to do together um there's a lot less kind of hoops you have to jump through to be able to do stuff to have dinner together to be able to do whatever it's just they want you using the club as much as possible and having fun doing it and you know, the, I think the, the the biggest thing i think about every club i've been to or every discovery i've been to is, that, is that they never say the word no I was like, hey, can we do this? Can we do that? Yes. Can't, I can't do it right now. I'm going to find a way for you to do it. You know, it's never, there's never a problem. There's always a solution. Yeah. You know, and so. Uh, Golfer's mentality. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So I love that. I love that ability of, of that, you know, of, of the club wanting to make sure that every day is your best day and your kids have the best time ever possible. And um, I think it's a great way to, you know, to, to develop a, a sense of community and a sense of um, bringing families together. And that's what I think Discovery is all about. And they've done a phenomenal job with it. And, I'm happy to be a part of the family and, and love the fact that we get to come out here and play and hang out. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's five o'clock, so we want to get you out on time. Yeah, I probably go, uh, son's playing a golf tournament, so I'm going to go cheer oh. him on, and hopefully he'll let me cheer him on. We'll see what happens. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Best yeah. of luck to him. That's yeah, that's went, this went by quick, guys. God, it thanks did. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for your time. Yeah, uh, no problem. Happy to do it. This is this is great. Until hopefully now, y'all can get out of here and go play, play golf. Right? <laughs> oh, we're off now. Yeah, we want to go too. Yeah. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> yeah. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Thanks for tuning in to Studio 22. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. 
So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.